SAFM Sports Wrap. Good evening to you. Welcome to SAFM Sports Wrap. I'm Brad Brown. It's uh, good to have you with us. Thank you so much uh, for joining me tonight. And thanks to, to the MoneyWeb team. They're back again on your radio tomorrow. Big football taking place in Lusaka. Amajita up against Zambia in the semi-final of the under-20 AFCON. And as it stands right now, half an hour in, no score. It is nil-nil. We'll keep you updated throughout uh, the show as that one progresses. And speaking before the match tonight, uh, Tabo Sanong, the coach, says uh, it's going to be tight, but it is up to the team who is most hungry uh, who will win it. On the day, it's, 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 it's up to the team that wants it more than the other team, you know, so... Uh, the preparations have been done by both South Africa and Zambia and um, you know it's gonna demand their hearts it's gonna demand their right attitude you know the players the coach says uh, even though Zambia are considered favorites he doesn't mind being the underdog we don't worry much about talking about the opponent and uh, but also we, we we said you know it's always better when you are an underdog you know because you always have to push harder, you always have to work harder. Uh, you always try to make sure that frustrate the opponent, uh, you know, uh, especially because we have to be honest, uh, uh, Zambia are under pressure, you know, that uh, they are hosting. And of course they want to win the tournament because they are a good team. The other semi-final see Senegal taking on Guinea in Ndola. In other footballing news from the continent, DRC coach Flora Dibenge has uh, announced that he will not renew his contract with the national football team in June this year. There's some Nedbank Cup action to look forward to tonight. Polokwane City up against African All-Stars. And then Champions League uh, in Europe. Uh, two fascinating games on the cards. Uh, Benfica hold a slim 1-0 lead as they head to Borussia Dortmund. And then Barcelona have to dig themselves out of a huge hole. They welcome PSG to Cap Nou uh, after they lost 4-0 last week. That is a mountain to climb. In some cricket news, the Proteas were made to work hard uh, for their runs this morning. Day one of the first test against New Zealand in Dunedin. They did win the toss and Faf Tupasi toes to bat. They were reduced uh, to 22 for three. That before Dean Alga and uh, Captain Faf Tupasi came together and put on a 100-run partnership. At Stumps, South Africa, 229 for four. Uh, Duplessis scoring 52 at the wickets uh, overnight. Temba Bavuma on 38, not out. A very patient 38 of 101 balls. Dean Alga, the hero of day one, scoring 128 runs and steadying that ship. We'll chat to Johan LaRue a little bit later on on this evening's show to find out exactly what happened. In other cricket news, Soma Saka scored 66, not out, as Bangladesh reached 133 for two in their first innings. They trail Sri Lanka by 361. That at stumps on day two of their first test. Bad news for Australia. They've lost all-rounder Mitchell Marsh. Uh, he's picked up a shoulder injury and will miss the two remaining tests against India because of that injury. Uh, some ath- uh, athletics news. The uh, ASA Speed Series taking place in Bloemfontein this evening where world champion and world record holder and Olympic champion Wade van Nikat will be headlining, not running the 400, running the 100 tonight. We'll chat to Manfred Seidler a little bit later on in this evening's show to find out exactly how things are looking in uh, Bloemfontein. 
On to some rugby, Sandile Ngobo has joined the Blitzbox squad in Canada as their official reserve ahead of this weekend's Vancouver Sevens. Bad news for the Cheetahs as far as Super Rugby goes. Flank Uzea Kasim and Prop Ox Nche uh, could face up to a month and 10 days out respectively. They've both picked up knee injuries. The Southern Kings also dealt a blow. Scrum off Rudy van Royen has undergone ankle surgery and he faces a lengthy spell on the sidelines. MotoGP News, Hector Barbero will miss the final group test. That after he fractured his collarbone in a training crash in tennis. New Serena Williams is going to miss the upcoming uh, BNP Paribas Open in Indian Wells and, and Miami Open uh, due to a left knee injury. What that means is Angelique Kerber is going to replace her as world number one when the new WTA rankings are released on the 20th of March. And finally, in some boxing news, Manny Pacquiao's promoter Bob Arum has confirmed that the proposed uh, April fights between uh, Pacquiao and Amir Khan in the United Arab Emirates has fallen flat. So that's not happening. Coming up next here on SAFM Sports Wrap, we'll chat some cricket with Johan Leroux. SAFM Sports Wrap. Well, if you were up all night watching uh, the crickets this morning, uh, you must be feeling like an absolute train wreck. It started at around about midnight South African time. I thought, oh, I'll catch the last few overs. Uh, and I didn't realise it was finishing as early as it did this morning. So I missed the entire first day's play. But uh, looking at the scorecard and check the highlights, uh, in the end, I think uh, the Proteas will be pretty happy with the way things went on day one. We joined now by someone who did follow the action uh, last night and this morning. Johan Leroux, welcome on to SAFM Sports Wrap. Uh, I'm sure you're probably not sure what time zone you're in, but uh, it was a fascinating first day of the series. Thank you very much, Brad. Yeah, definitely messing with my sleeping past the series in New Zealand. But a very fascinating first day of cricket. And at one stage, it felt like the Proteas might fall apart. They found themselves 22 for three early on inside the 19th over after Stephen Cook, Hashim Mamla, and J.P. Dimini lost their wickets cheaply. And they needed somebody to step up. And that person, definitely Dean Algar, was simply outstanding. I see afterwards he said, it was one of the toughest days of test cricket that he's ever played, but he managed to make it throughout the entire 90 overs unbeaten. He's on 128. He faced 262 balls. He really was outstanding, and that partnership of himself, between himself and Fafsis, he really did save the process. Uh, Duplessis, the skipper, also contributed very nicely. He played 52. And then also a great to see Timber Bavuma settling in at the creek. He was under a lot of pressure. The conditions really wasn't easy, but he managed to really grit out a 58 off of 101. It took him about 13 deliveries to just get off the mark. But he also looks quite settled at the creek that it does give the Proteus a nice platform to build on for tomorrow because it is tough conditions out there. But day two and day three, they do expect to be a little bit easier for batting. So the Proteus batsman will try to make the most of it. And tomorrow, Quinton Lecoq and Vernon Philander will to come and end the bonus. So I think the, the first mission will be for the Proteus to just try and get to 300, and then anything above that will be a bonus. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, just to put that innings of Dean Algers into a bit of perspective, the last time uh, an international opener scored a century in the first innings of a test in New Zealand, uh, in, in the first innings of a series in New Zealand, was back in 2005. It was Marvin Atapatu. So uh, that innings was uh, sublime from Dean Alger. He's one of those players that, that loves a good scrappy. He might not be the uh, the most elegant of batsmen, but gee, he is scrappy and uh, and he showed what he can do this morning. As as much as he said it's, uh, it was the, the toughest day, it must be one of the, the days he's most proud of. 
Definitely, and it'll be interesting to see what his mindset will be coming out tomorrow because I think it was kind of mission accomplished for him, but also he will realize that the team needs him to kick on tomorrow because if the Proteas can manage to put on a score of 350 or 400 in this first innings, it might just mean that they can back the New Zealand out of this match even at such an early stage and pick up a few early wickets and then uh, get the Proteas off to a, a good score. But, yeah, it really was outstanding by Dean Algar. He was a little bit lucky. He was dropped on 56 uh, just as the players came back from lunch. Uh, he was put down by the wicketkeeper, and so he made sure that uh, he did make that count. But it was one of those uh, those pitches where you're always going to get something away, and uh, fortunately for him, it just uh, it, it luck was on his side. Yeah, definitely, and he's made uh, that drop catch by B.J. Watling count. Let's talk about the bowlers. Obviously, runs weren't easy to come by today. If you look at uh, you look at the run rate, I don't know when last I saw a test match uh, on, on a day where, where less than 300 was scoring. I mean, 229 is very slow, two and a half runs to the over. Uh, the black cap bowlers were, were pretty measly. The pick of them, South African-born Neil Wagner. Yeah, Neil Wagner was outstanding, especially that second spell of his when he came on uh, and he dismissed Hashim Amla and J.P. Jimini in the same order. And that's really what could have swung the match in New Zealand's favor and, and really could have uh, made, uh, ensured that South Africa were kind of out of the match already on day one. Uh, so he was outstanding. Trent Bolt also picking up a wicket and, and Jimmy Nishan picking up a wicket as well. I think New Zealand were hoping that the spinners would be would have a little bit more to work with uh, and that's why they named the in their side. But Perhaps a win later on in the inning, uh, in the match, uh, rather. And of course, uh, the spinners will come into the match more. But uh, it will be interesting to see also when Keshav Maharaj comes in, how much spin he does get on this track. And so New Zealand are hoping that spin will play a bigger role. But uh, on day one, and I'm sure day two and day three, there won't be too much for the spinners to work with. Johan, as far as conditions go, it was tough, particularly first up with losing those three quick wickets. Are we expecting pretty much more of the same tomorrow? Is it one of those decks that, that seems around in the first session and then as the day wears on, it, it gets a bit flatter? I think so. I think uh, especially this morning there was a bit of cloud coming around and I think the same is expected for the next few days as well. But uh, Dean Algar showed it and Fakhtar Grissi showed it. Once you can get past that, that uh, period in the first session, and you, once you can get settled, you continue having to work hard for your run. But uh, you can grit it out and you can score that. And that's exactly what they showed today. So I think it's going to be the same tomorrow. It's just all about getting grease and then punishing the bad deliveries. New Zealand were excellent today. They didn't give much away. And uh, the protesters will have to wait for those bad deliveries. But, yeah, the new ball is only 10 overs old now. So that first tomorrow morning is going to be crucial and that's where someone like Simba Baruma and Dean Alga just need to try and get to the second, to get to lunch uh, get into that second session and then batting does become a little bit easier. Let's talk about times. Uh, it's weird with these uh, with the time zones. What time does it start South African time and what time should it wrap up? If uh, we're not going to be up for the start maybe we should get up a little bit earlier to catch the end. Yeah, so play starts at uh, exactly midnight uh, our time. And then New Zealand's burning rate was excellent this morning, and that's because they've been using the spinners. So it should wrap up all uh, this morning. It wraps up at eight, uh, 7 o'clock. Let me just make sure that I get my times correct. It's been a long day. Uh, everything wraps up at about 7 o'clock. So, yeah, if you, if you get up uh, around about 6 o'clock, you should be able to catch the final hour. Well, I'm going to let you get back to bed because uh, it's been a long day. Yohan Lurie, thank you very much for that. And uh, don't forget, we'll be giving you updates throughout uh, the morning here on SAFM. So make sure you stay tuned to South Africa's news and information leader.
This is Sport on SAFM, every supporter's greatest resource. This is South Africa's news and information leader and uh, man alive, I actually am dumbstruck by the results last night, actually the last two weeks results uh, in the UEFA Champions League, uh, I'm not even a Gunners fan but uh, it's unbelievable what happened last night and uh, to join us uh, this evening to chat a little bit about uh, UEFA Champions League because there's two interesting matches uh, to look forward to this evening as well uh, is Bitvest striker James Keane who's uh, no stranger uh, to football in England and Europe, spent uh, a lot of his career there, James welcome on to SAFM Sports Chat this evening. Thanks for joining us. Thank you very much. Pleasure to be here. Let's touch on the, the game everyone's talking about. Arsenal, 10-2 on aggregate. The wheels came <laughs> off that bus uh, in a big way. That they did. Um, I think everyone was a little bit surprised by that. Obviously, they've been struggling to perform in the league as well. Um, the pressure is on Wenger to, <laughs> to go and lose like they did. Um, you know, Arsenal Wenger wasn't happy with the, with the referee and the officials in the game, but, you know, you, you still can't lose like they did. Um, in both games, uh, it's, um, I think it's limited days for, for Arsene Wenger at the moment after that. The fans are obviously unhappy and, uh, no one really seen that coming, to be honest. No, absolutely. James, is, is that a sign that he's possibly lost the change room? I mean, a manager loses the change room, it's, uh, it's game over. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I mean, you kind of see that with Leicester. No one really knows what happens, but they change manager and Leicester go on and win two games in a row, two big games. Um, you know, I'm not sure what's going on with Arsenal. Uh, Arsene Wenger's been there a long time and, had a huge amount of success, but um, you know the last few results have been have been pretty terrible, really. Um, yeah, and I'm, I'm not sure what's going on, but it doesn't look good for them. No, absolutely not. The other game last night, Real Madrid, and and lots of uh, lots of goals again. Uh, I mean, that one six two on aggregate, I think, was the final score. No, no real surprises there. I mean, we expected Real to be too strong, didn't we? Yeah, absolutely. I think we all expected Real Madrid to, to cruise through that one. Um, you know, a few late goals there from Ramos. Um, scoring his uh, trademark headers there at the end. But, um, yeah, I think they were expected to go through. I think they're expected to go a long way in, in the uh, Champions League. And I think it's probably, probably a team we'll see in the final. Let's talk about tonight's fixtures, because uh, as much as uh, last night was a huge talking point around the Gunners, Barcelona have an absolute mountain to climb tonight. They're a great side. There's no two ways about it. 4-0 down heading into the second leg. Is that too much? Uh, I don't think it's ever been done to turn a, to turn a tie around after being 4-0 down in the Champions League. Um, and obviously they've, they've never been knocked out. If they, if they lose tonight, it's the first time they can get knocked out in, um, so early in the Champions League in a decade. So, you know, it's, <laughs> it's a big game for them. Um, if any team can do it, it's probably Barcelona. Um, at home, at the new camp. Um, you know, it's, Yes, there's definitely a chance there. You know, they're always a team that's going to score goals, without doubt. They've got the quality on the pitch, but um, they're also playing a good team. I watched the game last week and I was very, very impressed with uh, PSG. Um, the way they defended, the way they pressed the team, they, they were so compact, they made it very, very hard for Barcelona. Um, and then they scored as well. Um, so it's going to be a very interesting game. We're looking forward to watching that one. Um, and, you know, I think if Barcelona press forward as well, I think they're going to be left quite open at the back for for PSG to score a few. So I think we're going to see quite a few goals, but I don't think Barcelona will turn it around. 
Yeah, I think you're right. If any team in Europe can do it, it is Barcelona. And uh, they've got, uh, like I said, they're in a massive hole. And uh, PSG, like, like you rightly said, are a great side as well. Uh, and uh, do, do you see Barcelona sort of first half maybe playing it uh, a bit tighter and then second half throwing the, the kitchen sink at them? How, how, how do Barcelona, 4-0 down, you know you have, to, you have to win at all costs and win big. How do you approach this game as a team? Um, yeah, absolutely. You know, I think, I think, like you said, I think you're right in saying, I think they're going to be quite tight the first half. Uh, try and nick a goal or two. And then throw the kitchen sink. And then the last half, you know, if they win or lose, you know, if they, you know, if they win, they win. If they lose, they go down and can say we give it an effort and, and we tried. But I think it's going to be, um, a big shock for everyone to, to see Barcelona go out this early in the Champions League. Yeah, without a doubt. The other game should be quite interesting too because I didn't pick uh, Benfica to beat Borussia Dortmund last weekend. It's only one goal, so there's lots to play for tonight. But uh, for me, that was a bit of a, a surprise result. Uh, how do you see that one going tonight? Yeah, that's an interesting game actually. Um, obviously, Benfica go, go into the game with a, with a one 0 lead, and um, yeah, I didn't see them winning either. Um, I think Borussia Dortmund will be very strong at home. I do, um, and I think that side can go any way on it. To be honest. Um, I do think both teams, you know, obviously Benfica are going to go there and defend. Uh, I think I think they're going to have um, the home team will have a lot of advantage with the ball, a lot of possession. Um, if they can get an early goal, I think anything can happen. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, for Benfica, an away goal could be could be crucial tonight. If they score, yeah, you know, uh, the pressure's they really get on. A goal in, they get an away goal there in in, um, in Germany. You know, away goal counts for a lot in. Uh, in these big games in Champions League. So um, they can go there and sneak a goal from a corner, set piece, um, counter-attack, and, and try and defend it and, and go through. Yeah, absolutely. Well, James, just on the domestic front, you're obviously struggling with a, a bit of an injury. How things how things looking on that front? Yeah, I'm getting there. Um, it's, not as, it's not as bad as we first, we first thought, and um, should be back on the pitch pretty soon. Fantastic. Uh, and the club itself, uh, Bidvestvitz, obviously uh, having a pretty good season, uh, challenging for the title. That's exactly what you want, isn't it? Absolutely. It's always nice to be at a, in a big team. And then, you know, in those big teams, you want to be challenging for, for titles. You know, we've, we've won a cup this year already. And, you know, the, the league is obviously something we really want. And um, at the moment, we're top of the league and uh, we're playing well. So um, there's, there's definitely the possibility for us to bring on that trophy. I'm going to put you on the spot here as well. Obviously, uh, as a national team, we are struggling to find a coach. Uh, we still know the, uh, none the wiser about who's going to be uh, be managing uh, Bafana Bafana. But uh, you've worked under Gavin Hunt now, and uh, he's one of the names that have been thrown around. Not not that it's uh, confirmed that he's speaking to Safa. Your thoughts on him as a coach? Uh, do you think he has what it takes to coach at the highest level? Absolutely. I mean, there's no question about that. I've, I've, I've read articles where people do question them. I really can't understand why anyone questions Gavin Hunt's ability to take the national team. Um, as, as players of Bittersweet, we absolutely don't want to see him go. Um, definitely not. You know, we, we, we love him around and, and that's the coach we want. But, um, you know, for, for him to take the Bonfana job, um, he's suited perfect. He's had so much experience in the game. He's he's won trophies in the league, cups. Uh, he knows all the players in South Africa. Um, he knows the players outside. He's, he's got a passion for the game. And, you know, to know all the local players and, and the players abroad makes a huge difference. And he's a player that can bring a team together. Um, he knows how to get that team cohesion. You know, players wanting to play for you, players wanting to play for the national team. And, and Gavin's got a lot of pride in that. And, you know, Gavin, Gavin will be a, a perfect, perfect person for that position.
Absolutely. Well, James Reed, thank you so much for your time uh, here on SAFM uh, Sports Chat this evening. Enjoy the footy tonight. Uh, uh, it's going to be lots of channel hopping, I'm sure, because I think both games are going to be fascinating to watch. Uh, enjoy it, and we look forward to catching up soon. And, and mend up quickly. We look forward to seeing you back on the pitch. Perfect. Thank you very much. Good to talk to you. Have a good evening. Enjoy football. If there's one thing that truly unites all South Africans, except for World Cup finals, it's coming together for a braai. Join funny man Nick Rabinovitz and chef Hezron Lowe as they tour Mzanzi in unique vehicles and get to experience the most epic brides. If you have a special braai recipe or method that is so unique, it'll blow Nick and Hezron's socks off, send an email to tiresandbriars at sabc.co.za before the 15th of March, and SABC3 might just come try your bride. SFM and Birchwood Hotel invite you and your loved one to the Ekurleni Comes Alive Jazz Evening on Friday 10th March at the Birchwood Hotel in Boxburg, East Rand. Performing live on stage will be the legendary and revered Vusi Maklasela, supported by Opa Poipoi Makubela and The Remnants. The Jazz Night also endeavours the utmost humour from Tepo Matose and Smokey. Tune into SFM and stand a chance to win two VIP tickets and one night accommodation for you and your partner. For bookings, visit www.birchwoodhotel.co.za or call 011-897-0000. SFM, giving you liberty of jazz this Human Rights Month. You're listening to Sport on SAFM, the next best thing to being at the game. Well, I just realised I called James Keane, James Reed, uh, wrapping up that interview. Apologies, James. Uh, yeah, I don't know what I was thinking. But, uh, yeah, great chat. Looking forward to that Champions League footy tonight. Uh, and just a quick score update for you in that uh, under-20 AFCON semi-final between uh, Amajita and uh, the host Zambia in Lusaka. It is goalless at the break. So 45 minutes to go. It's been quite a tight affair. South Africa had a great chance uh, a short while ago uh, just outside uh, the box with a free kick that was just over the crossbar. So uh, we'll keep you up updated uh, as that progresses uh, second half kicks off at about 7 o'clock so uh, yeah, hopefully we'll have some score updates for you throughout the evening I'll have a chat to Lady Maleo uh, to ask her just to keep an eye on that and uh, keep you updated but time now to chat some athletics and the second of the Athletics South Africa Speed Series uh, Athletics Meets taking place in Bloemfontein this evening, Manfred Seidler is there good evening Manfred uh, some big names in action tonight most notably world champion, Olympic champion and world record holder in the 400 meter wait for Nick Atkin, I say in town it's his valley but he's going to be running uh, on the track in Bloom he is and he's going to be running in an unusual event yeah. for him the 100 meters so uh, well look it's not unusual I mean he's gone to 10 so he's not exactly as if he doesn't have a turn or speed but uh, it's not what we know him uh, or know him as, as, a, as a 100 meter runner but yes in front of his own crowd I'm hoping that uh, the crowd will uh, trickle in at uh, Looks like there's quite a few people who are beginning to arrive. I mean, he races at half past seven, so uh, hopefully by the time he lines up, uh, it'll be a full stadium. But, uh, yeah, I'll be interested to see how he goes. I'm quite intrigued to see how uh, a young man called uh, Tlotliso Kiftleotlela does. Um, he is uh, the South African junior champion in the 100 metres, and he came dreadfully close to breaking Akani Simbini's uh, SA junior record, which stands at 10.19 seconds. And I reckon he can break that record today. I don't think that Wade is going to go sub ten. Uh, so yeah, it'll be quite that'll be quite a quite a matchup to see between those two. I reckon, right? It should be a great race, Manfred. The reason why Wade's running the hundreds? Uh, I think it's just a it's, it's just a, a loosener, really. It's, it's 
you know, the serious business only starts in the second half of the year, towards the second half of the year for him. So from May on, which probably would be about right. And we, you know, he'll be focusing there on the 400s. I mean, he's a defending world champion in the 400 meters. It is his bread and butter event. He has hinted he's got unfinished business with the, with the 100 meters. So what exactly that means, uh, I'm not quite sure, but, uh, um, you know, he's proven that he's, he's, he's class athlete going to sub 10 in the 100 meters and, and sub 20 in the 200. And of course, that fantastic 4303 in the 400. Incidentally, just uh, about half an hour or so ago, he was officially awarded the plaque uh, from the Eiffel F, uh, uh, represented here by Alex Desana as a president that, you know, his record has been officially ratified. So, there you go. It's officially in the record books that he is the, the world record holder. Uh, and that happened here in, in, in Bloomfontein, well, here on the track uh, about half an hour or so ago. But yeah, Brad, I wouldn't make too much about him running the 100 meters tonight. Um, you know, it's, it's early, it's early season for him, so, so no great shakes or nothing really to worry about. Maybe it's the time he's been spending with Usain Bolt. Uh, he's had a, a whiskey in his ear. But let, let's talk about uh, the rest of the, the program tonight. Uh, another big name in action as well, uh, I, I think you said in, in the long jump. Yes, Luva Manyango, of course, the, the Olympic silver medalist. That was a competition and a half, wasn't it? Being beaten by one centimetre in the final round. I mean, we were all watching this, uh, this, uh, this competition unfold and like, He's gold medal. He's a gold medal. He's a gold medal. And then the, literally in the last round, he gets picked by one centimeters. We don't know what shape he's in right now, Brad. I bumped into him on Saturday at the, at the league meeting at Tucks, uh, but he was just a spectator. I asked him how things are going and a big smile. He was just saying, yeah, no, things are going great. I said, but you do know I'm asking you how your training's going. And he just smiled and walked away. So <laughs> <laughs> I guess we'll find out tonight how, how he's going. But he's a classy athlete. You know, he's got this unbelievable and uncanny ability to just he can be as rusty as heck and he'll line up and he'll throw out an 820 uh, that's how he opened last year um, you know having not really competed for who knows how long and he threw in an 820 and then an 825 um, so you know it's, it's uh, you can expect fireworks from him or he might have three no three three no jumps kind of thing but uh, I, I suspect uh, he's, he's moved on to another level with that Olympic medal that, that you know he's now on a different level and um, yeah I think we can expect to run about an eight eight oh maybe I'm gonna put my head on the block and say about an eight oh five from him tonight fantastic well uh, last week oh, it was two weeks ago that the, the first meet was on we had some good performances what what else uh, I mean have we have we seen anything so far that is is notable well, I was chatting to uh, uh, one of the journalists from the, the IOL, the Independent Online, Ockett uh, de Villiers, and he reckons that the Canadian Cup, uh, is freshly back from injury, she was out for about two years with an injury, is, is going to break 13 seconds for the 100-meter hurdles. And I cannot remember when last we've had that. I think uh, it was Corinne, I can't even remember her surname now, who, who was the last athlete to break 13 seconds. We're going back about 20 years or so in the 100-meter hurdles. She did open the season, 13-1-4. That was wind assisted. She ran a 13-2-7 last Friday and quite just strong in the last PSA. And not the best of conditions. It was, it was cold. It was nippy. It was chilly. Tonight, Brad, it is phenomenal. There's not a breath of wind. The temperature is, is, is above 20. It's a sprinter's paradise. And so, who knows, maybe Orchid has done it right. Maybe we'll see a sub-13. I, I would hazard a guess that she's probably after that 13-2-7, probably on a 13-1-5, zero, thereabouts. But even that, this early in the season, is, is phenomenal. So that should be really something to look out for. And then, uh, yeah, 
Uh, we've got the relays coming up towards the uh, at, to the end towards the end of the evening, and uh, Wade van Niekerk and Gift Leo Cleller will be in one team along with Emil Erasmus. He uh, had a really good indoor season now, so that team will be very tough to beat. Uh, of course, um, Athletic South Africa obviously gunning and looking forward to to preparing a team for the World, uh, world Relay Champs. Um, the only question we really have around that is who we're going to send and uh, how does it, will it affect the national championships if they happen on the same event. The World Championships happening in, ba- in the Bahamas and obviously South African Championships happening in Pottersville. If we send all our best athletes, Akani, Wade, and also uh, Gift, Leo Keller, we're going to, you know, but the question is what happens to our prestige and, and, and premier events uh, back home? Um, I'd love to see them compete at the World Championships. I'd love to see them. I believe that there's a massive medal potential there. And I think, and I, and I said it last year during the Olympics that we lost the medal in the relay. Um, but I'd love to see them race against each other on, on home soil because I reckon that would be the fastest ever 100 meters we've seen in the year. So a bit of a conundrum for Athletic South Africa, I reckon. Yeah, there is indeed. Manfred, you, you, you keep talking early on in the season, and uh, yeah. let's see what happens tonight. But there were a couple of great performances this past weekend as well. And uh, 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 thinking of the, the sub-10, sub-20, early on in the season, what can we have by the end of the season if that's the times these guys are running now? <laughs> well, that's the exciting thing, isn't it? I mean... Um, it, it is early in the season, and it, 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 I mean, Akani's races, uh, you're referring to those, I'm assuming, yep. uh, she ran at the Tips, uh, uh, league meeting on Saturday. Um, yes, they run at altitude, but that just means that as far as Akani is concerned, he's a sub-10 athlete no matter what the conditions are, and I would agree with that. You know, the conditions have to be bad for him not to break 10 seconds, whether it be at altitude or the coast. He opened last year, if I remember correctly, 9.96 set the SA record last year, around about the same time in Pretoria. Um, and then shortly after that, he picked up an injury, which cost him that national title, which he was very, very bleak about. And he wants it back. So that'll be quite interesting whether or not he does go to the Bahamas or he opts to reclaim that title. Um, but he, that, that injury almost... We had this discussion in chat, and that injury was maybe a bit of a saving grace for him because uh, um, he didn't have the longest of seasons he, he basically was out for when I say out he wasn't he was off the track for about two weeks and there was easy training for two three weeks and only then did he get back into proper training so effectively he lost I don't say lost tongue in cheek but he lost about five or six weeks of, of proper training which meant to keep the European season fresh um, Wade van Nikak if you remember correctly he ran very sparsely in South Africa he ran the 100 and the 200 at here in Bloemfontein at the league meeting. He ran the 400 meter at the SA Champs. From there, he went over to Europe. And the national championships, of course, were in April. So, yeah, it, it is early season, and some of these performances are fantastic. And, and South African athletics has always struggled to maintain that level throughout the entire season. They perform well in South Africa, and they're not so well internationally. And those who perform well internationally would not do so well in, in South Africa. Uh, so it, it'll be interesting to see how uh, the likes of Tani and uh, Rikinet and Gift and, and Wade, how they go through through the entire season. Yeah, absolutely. If they get it right, then we've done something right and maybe we've got the formula right finally. Yeah, absolutely. Matt Fasada, thank you very much for that. Unfortunately, we have run out of time. And, uh, yeah, we look forward to hearing the results. You can get them all on AM Live tomorrow morning with Janet Witten. I'll be back again tomorrow afternoon on PM Live, the PSL radio show. Second Jala returns tomorrow at 6.30 with Dwayne DeLocker on the other side of your 7 o'clock news tonight. The talk shop with Naledi Malaya, and I'm sure uh, she'll give you uh, sporadic score updates uh, of that match uh, between uh, South Africa under 20 and Zan.
Zambia in the AFCON semi-final. Uh, let's hope Amajita can be victorious tonight and book their spot in the showpiece this weekend. From myself, Brad Brown, and my producer, Siobhan Tetti, thank you for listening. Don't forget to be in touch at SAFM Radio is where you can find us online. You can touch base with me at Big Brad Brown on the various social media platforms. I look forward to hearing from you. Right now it is 7 o'clock, and Greg Close has your news.